Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Second Take. I'm Sebastian. I'm Alex. I'm Zanzi Weber, and we have super special guests with us this week. Shane Anderson. Director of Red Curtain Hell. Who you'll hear more of later. And today we are discussing reviewing The Departed, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg, Martin Sheen, and Alec Baldwin. Written by William Monaha. Monahan? Who knows? I can't tell my writing. Alan Mack, Max, Mac, who knows? Felix Chong, and directed by Martin Scorsese. Next time we type the notes. Nah, it's good. And welcome back, everyone. So, The Departed, do we want to jump straight, are we going to straight into the film or are we going to talk about Shane's film? Let's talk about Shane's thing. Shane's okay, here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Hi, Shane. I'm Shane. This is my voice. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm a filmmaker. I've made a film. It's called Red Curtain Hell, and I'll give you the elevator pitch. Do it. Quick. Okay, it's set in real time during the opening night of the worst production of Hamlet you've ever seen. And during the course of the show, all the narcissistic actors, the incompetent stage crew, and a megalomaniac director clash behind the scenes. Ding dong, doors open. Bye. (laughs) To give the audience a night they'll never forget. No, come back. I'm not done pitching. <laughs> I totally didn't copy that out. from my IMDb synopsis that I put up there. You walk out and f- keep following them. Tell them to help them. What yeah, it is. And then, and then they call security on you. Yeah. Well, then you have another two minutes until security get there. Well, look. And then whatever you can shout. You got Moxie, yeah. kid. Deal. Yeah. Good. Okay. Right, so when's that coming out? It is. We have. We are having our Brisbane premiere on the 21st of October. Uh, 21st of October at 2 p.m. till 5 p.m. at the Chanel Cinema at U University of Queensland. And you can find tickets and ticket links and details on facebook.com slash redcurtainhell. Great. And all, all those details will be in the show notes. So, And we'll pop a trailer up. Oh, there is a trailer, right? Yes, yes there so is a cool. very... Uh, it's a very uh, good trailer. Red set. band good. trailer. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer? I No, I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, I was just making well, blind assumptions. It, I think it's good. I cut it myself. Well, good. <laughs> so I'm maybe a little biased, but I think it's a good trailer. It's, it's a red band trailer. There's a lot of... F bombs and well, that's good. Everything every time I make something, I naturally just hate it. So the fact that you're like, I made it and it's good actually speaks volumes to me. I was very proud of it. I was like, well, oh. someone, it, it it did not do very well in the festival circuit. So someone has to like my movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your mum does. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sure she loves it. She loves it. Okay. No, she's very well, yes, yeah, so all that will be in the show notes. But let's get on to Martin Scorsese, shall we? I can't say the departed with the right kind of accent. Can someone the else departed? No. I was going for like a hot. There we go. That's the one I want. Chowder. 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 The whole time Chowder. in the movie. Chowder. Yeah. <laughs> it's very close to an Australian accent. It's, well, it's I, I don't know what to tell you. What? I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm saying it's hard because I keep switching back into Australian when, um, when you do it. Chowder. Ch- chowder? It's Chowder. It's got like chowder. a it's got like a secret a Y in there. It's like C H Y Alder, right? Chowder. It's gonna, chowder. Go, it's gonna go like up a bit, yeah? Oh, yeah. No, no, there's not a lot of dip thumbs. 
C-H-A-O. It can't be as bad as Julianne Moore in the 30 Rock. Well, we can Chowder. Jack. Jack. Like five more minutes of this. This is some sort of record though, right? This is, oh, well, it's definitely gold for the listeners to listen to. They're just as curious about how to say this. No, they've probably seen it. Fuck you and fuck your family. (laughs) Oh, That was just American. Yeah, but I it was a good line. Put on an accent. So. <laughs> All right, I just wanted to let everyone know that. Fuck you. Do we go babies or tweet? I, I'm terrible. With production. We do production notes. Yeah, do I was guest here, and I know the order. <laughs> you listen occasionally. I don't listen ever. Mostly you during were, this, you're, you've literally <laughs> attended every single one of them. He also wrote out the order in which we do things. <laughs> yeah, but. Do as I say, not as I remember to do myself. I don't well, know. Well, go on. Give us a really fakey. Oh, can I try a really fakey? Yes. On Zane? I want to try and do trip it. Zane up. Yep, go for okay. it. Okay. Okay. Everything on the table. I've been super busy because we're releasing several new podcasts in the very near future. So I haven't done as much research on these films as I usually would have. So go on. Try and trick me. You're the research okay. guy, though. So... Uh, the first cut of the film ran almost four and a half hours, That's not as opposed to the two hour and thirty seven minute running time that the normal movie is. Or, despite being very proud of the movie, Martin Scorsese kind of hated making it. Oh, can they both be true? Are they both true? I think he. Pers- I didn't. I haven't read either of these ones, and I think he would have liked this film. Well, he didn't know it was a remake until after he'd agreed to do it. And he didn't watch the original until after he had made his. Mm. So I, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have released it. I mean, but, but if the the problem is if the first one's true about the run length, it's possible he did hate this film. Well, his, run, length, his run lengths are usually over before they get 17 hours. Mm, yeah, mm. I'm going to say that the run length is true. Incorrect. I made up. I made up the run length because I knew it sounds as accurate. There's no like actual record. I know they had a lot of trouble editing it, but there was like a lot of behind the scenes. I think if we called Mr. Scorsese and said, "How much over did you, you go?" Probably ask He'd the go, spoon mark uh, about about four hours thirty. Some say we're still filming the Departed. <laughs> <laughs> it never stopped. Yes, but no, he um, there was a lot of behind the scenes turmoil turmoil during the making of this, oh, and he actually yeah. he said like, "I'm very proud of the movie." But it was a really awful experience. As soon as you get Wahlberg, DiCaprio, and Nicholson all on a set. Okay. So my really in fakey. (laughs) One's real, one's fake, right? That's how this works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Jack Nicholson was Scorsese's first choice to play Costello. And 50% of the budget went to the actors. I should add the budget was reported at 90 million. I know this one like 100%. No, this one, do you, but do you, do you want to... I'm going to say the budget is rich, real or fake, sorry. Real. Real? I'm going to say it's fake. Oh. The budget is real. The budget is real, yeah. yeah. 50% of the so $90 many million big budget names. Uh, Pacino like, was the first choice to play, yeah. which yeah. is weird because he's not Irish. And Jack Nicholson kind of didn't want to do it, but then did yeah. as long as he got to improvise basically everything, which is the cause of all the production turmoil because the writer, Patrick <laughs> Monaghan, yeah. did not... Like he he had like because he set up the project before Scorsese got on it, and so then Scorsese got on it, and then Jack Tried Nicholson, and there Nicholson. was like all this rewrite, this like ego thing between Giant the three of them. happening. Yeah, yeah, and that's <sighs> why the edit just took them like a whole year to do. Yeah. What year did this come out? Two thousand and six. Yep. Anyone yeah. else have any real real notes? I know I know that Wahlberg based Bible. his his character on cops that he knew as kids. 
Really? Oh, I yeah. wish I knew those cops. He didn't just base it on every other Mark Wahlberg movie he's ever done. Well, I think maybe known. every other Wahlberg movie has been shaped by these same cops. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. wish he was this cop in the other guys. Because he, he got, apparently got arrested like a few times. Yeah, because he beat he was, up an Asian guy yeah, for being Asian. He's something. like very racist. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's nice. And, and <laughs> Nicholson had to be convinced to do it and he decided to do it because he'd done a few comedies up until this, and he wanted to play a villain again. Anything, and Nicholson considers this to be the the e- most evil person he's ever played. Yeah, that's really? weird for me because yeah. I mean we'll talk about it, but I didn't think his character was that evil. <laughs> well, I think we just didn't see him doing evil like really. He really did walk in covered in blood in the scene. Granted, yeah, but that was but we like, didn't see. What I think he, a lot of the evil was implied as yeah. to things he had done before the movie started. Yeah, yeah. and it was all just kind of like hearsay and. Uh, implication rather than actual like in Scarface where you see the crimes being committed. Yeah. I know from but, our uh, D&D podcast well enough backstory doesn't count, what happens on screen counts. I don't buy this shit. Whatever Seb usually says like don't tell me about it show me it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well. Show that's, don't that's, tell. Yeah. That's like the, the modicum of filmmaking although tell that to Aaron Sorkin you know. <laughs> Oh. Alright, did you have notes, sorry? Uh, yes, no, I have I have heaps. Um, Here's a million notes. Vera Vera Farmiga, Farmiga, she met with like a, she's like the only female in the movie for anyone listening. She met with the, a real police department psychi- like psychiatrist who looked at the script and said absolutely everything is wrong. Does not happen in real life. Like she like that the character did everything wrong that no psychiatrist would ever do. You mean that part where she gave him the drugs and then slept with both of her clients is not a I, thing mean, that I mean that legit. Yeah. I mean that legit. Um, what have we got? Matt Damon went on a real uh, crack crack house raid with police to research his role. Uh, it has it. So Why? <laughs> it does, I'm sure it, I'm sure it helped. Damon. I'm sure he thought it helped. Um, this also has for the movies that have won the Best Picture Oscar. This has the most uses of the word fuck, and it clocks in at 238 times. They mm. say fuck. In Wait, this movie. so back to your last note about Matt Damon going on a raid. Was his preparation, was it his crack house? Is that what happened? And then he went with the police to raid it? Because that's the only way I can see that matching up with his character. Like if they were secretly raiding his own crack house. Well, no, because well, he, he was in went, Boston. There, there so. was a raid at the, at the end. Oh, in the construction area? Yeah, yeah. God, he was barely present for that scene. <laughs> he just appeared in a factory at the end. He was like, hey, what's happening? Here's my gun. Uh, look, whatever. I'm not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it also has the highest body count for any of Scorsese's movies. It's the only it's the, it's the only remake of a foreign film that's won an Oscar, yeah? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Um, and whatever goes, oh, $90 million. Um, there's like these hidden X's in the movie, yeah. throughout the movie, and he stole and Scorsese stole it from uh, Scarface, but not the one that everyone knows with Pacino, the 1932 yeah. one. Um, the one that we're forced to watch in film class. I will say, though, Howard okay, Hawks the, is amazing. He's a great director. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying I had to watch it. <laughs> with all the hidden X's throughout this film, I had first read that they were often there to signpost character deaths, yeah? Yes. But then it. I just saw a lot of them in just scenes that weren't involving it, character death. It, it's, not a very, it's not a particularly meticulous thing. So, like, Leonardo DiCaprio has it, like, three times. Matt Damon has it, like, once on the floor There right was a side character dies. whose office had one done with the lighting. And no, no, was, no, that was Matt Damon. Was that, was him, done was in, that was done. They used a split diopter to... Sorry, it's like... Sorry, it's a lens that they put on the thing so you can get two different things in focus at the same time. And it's, like, Matt Damon on the phone and then they're deliberately focusing on the wall behind him with an X mm. there. 
Um, and that's his first big X, and he gets another one on the carpet right before he carks it. Okay. <laughs> what a jerk. Foreshadowing. Yeah, it's, it's not particularly clever. I have some alternate casting, or do you do that? No, well, I haven't. So. You haven't done that? Uh, yeah. So Costigan, or uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, almost got played by Tom Cruise. Ugh, no. Yeah, that's how you kill a movie. Um, and I, I, Wahlberg's character, I wrote the name down, but I can't remember, um, was almost played by Ray Liotta, uh, Dennis Leary, and Ethan Hawke almost had his role. Dennis Ethan Hawke would have done a way they would, better job. They would all be better. Yes, I think I think, <laughs> I think you and I's least favorite is going to be the same. I will say this is my second favorite film with Wahlberg in. Oh, sorry, him. His Tell me your first is Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh no, the first is absolutely the happening. Oh, okay. I guess if I guess if I was lying, it would be yeah. But like, I really enjoyed him in this movie. I'm a little bit worried when we get to best and worst guys. Oh. Making me paranoid here. Well, look, I I know I'm in the outlier because he was nominated for an Oscar for his performance. But this is as good as he gets. Yes. Debatably. <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> Excluding Boogie Nights. If we exclude a good movie, this he is as good as he gets. Excluding Boogie Nights, controversially. <gasps> I don't think you guys have seen Transformers, have you? I haven't seen <laughs> Transformers Age of Extinction. <laughs> yeah. I saw the I saw the up to the third one and then just I couldn't. I, I, I thought I'd seen it for only second the and then one. it turns out I'd seen the third and I completely erased it from my own memory. Actually, honestly, I love number one. And it's fine. They're all fine. It was just no, when, when the number last, two is atrocious. It's when the battle scenes at the end go for an hour and a half. And I'm like, them. I have to stop this. They are noisy. They are quite noisy. The That's, first one's good. It's my most critical. No, I always lose track one. of things it's too. It's a good is an overstatement. Right. I am a fan of uh, that's Hoff, that's all my. <laughs> What's the one where he and um, the Rock like kill someone with light post or something? Who, who on the Rock? Michael with a light Wahlberg. post. The yeah. other guys? No. No. He went in that other movie by um. Who's the guy that did Transformers again? What's his name? Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. Yeah. Oh, he, um, uh, pain, oh, and gain? Uh, pain and Gain. Yes. Was it? With, with, a, rock. That's it. Yeah, yeah. with a light post. Yeah. Don't see that one either. Oh, it I probably wasn't on light post. I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard all right things about it. Eh. Oh. All right. <laughs> Tweets. Tweet. Oh no, my god. Who? Someone else go first. Okay. Mine, I have to interrupt. Someone I go. I go can go first. Hey. He's eager. Look cops rat on criminals. Criminals rat on cops. Welcome to motherfucking Boston. Hashtag Fifty Shades of Morally Grey. Everyone's bad. Who knew? Turns out everyone did. The end. Huh. <clears throat> Two guys go undercover. One a cop in the Irish mafia. One an Irish mafia into the cops. Hashtag Bang Bang. You shot me down. Bang Bang. Bang Bang. Ah, that makes more sense. Mine was Change yeah, Places, the crime drama. That was it. Changing Places. Change Places. Isn't the movie called Changing Places? Trading Places? Change Places, like from Alice in Wonderland. Ah. Oh, the crime drama. Jeez, yep. Zane. God, get my references right now. I thought you were getting a, doing a, like a, a real movie. Uh, no. No. Um, babies? Yeah. Babies. Yes. Uh, yeah. You go first, Al. Let's just um, let's flip the so order. The movie Snatch. With a hint of Winter Soldier and Batman. I, okay. I see Snatch. Snatch for the yeah. um, gangness of it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Winter Soldier for the um, infiltrating the different things. So, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, like Hydra in thing. And Batman because Jack Nicholson. Legit, like right. he was the Joker. Okay, but without he was all a gangster. I will agree to that. <laughs> like he definitely was a gangster. Zane, 
probably not as uh, Scarface meets the heat. Good. You mean heat or the heat? The heat. Oh, okay. Because I've got Goodfellas and Heat, yeah, but not as good as either of those. <laughs> I had a yeah. I can. I'll pay that. Goodfellas slicing a little bit of the TV show Life on Mars, and then just Freaky Friday. So. That was good. <laughs> um, but, you know, I like the Freaky Friday. That works. I was trying to think of like, it was that or Face Off, but it wasn't <laughs> Freaky Friday matched more, I think. I think Face Off does because one's a cop, one, one's a... I know, but the sci-fi ruined it. I'd rather <laughs> just direct comedy fantasy. It's easier to digest. All right, I think you film. underestimate our audience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so The Departed. Is that better? Is that better? The better? Departed. Sure. Chowder. Chowder. <laughs> I can do it with a New Zealand accent. Yep. That seems to be most of the accents you do. That wasn't New Zealand just then. Yeah, I was. think. <laughs> did you say chowder in New Zealand? I what wasn't. Say, sound Chowder. Like Chowder. Chowder? No, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm not a performing monkey. I'll do, it, I'll do it when I want to. It's the departed. I can't. The departed. Words aren't Mark meant to Wilder. come out that way. Departed. Just watch the fighter over and yeah. over again. Just you'll get don't the move accent. your tongue. Do you reckon now listeners are like, oh, I heard this really good podcast. They were going to review The Departed and they just enunciated for like 20 minutes straight. <laughs> it was really good. Or Listen to this. Enunciate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They just okay. failed to speak. Can <laughs> anyone else, when they watch this movie, see a lot of uh, uh, DiCaprio's role in Django? Coming from Jack Nicholson in this movie, I didn't see it. Yes, yeah, but I saw a DiCaprio lot of it. did a way better. Well, yeah, like he kind of took it and better. put some polish on it, and like a lot of polish. stuck to a script and acted um, <laughs> rather than just being <laughs> angry face Jack Nicholson. Uh, um, I didn't get that. I, okay, I would say Leo was much more sleazy, sinister. In um, he was, Django, he was a lot quieter. He did it with a lot less than Nick. Nicholson yeah. had to do a lot of stuff to make his. Oh, I'm the crazy guy. I'm pulling out guns and setting things on fire. Which was, he set the map on fire. Was like completely improvised. Uh, there was like a great. So another production note. He um, during that scene, they ran the scene according to the script, and then it didn't quite play so well. And then Jack Nicholson went off to the props guy, and he had a conversation and came back. And then the props guy whispered into Leonardo DiCaprio. He said, "Just watch out because he's asked for." A lighter, a <laughs> fire extinguisher, and a gun. Good luck. And so, and so, that scene where he accuses him of being a rat. Um, all of Leonardo DiCaprio's reactions are legitimately real, and they used the first takes on that one because he had no idea what Nicholson was going for. And at that time, Leonardo DiCaprio wasn't big on improv. Yeah. I don't think he still is, but he's better at it. Especially when there's firearms involved. Yes, well. <laughs> I don't want to say this is a, a dig at his performance. Just more of a you know, bit of constructive feedback. I actually didn't find him to be overly menacing in this film. Like, I never, when he's left alone with the characters, I never actually got that sense of, you know, that pit in your stomach. You're like, what is about to happen? This guy is crazy. Is he going to break his neck? Is he going to kill him? Is he going to scream? Like, I never had that lingering fear. Whereas when you bring up DiCaprio yeah. in Django... He's a quite friendly character, but you're waiting for that pin to drop, right? Yeah. And I never got that, oh, moment with... I I absolutely agree with that, but I think it is to the detriment of the movie because he's meant to be, like, the pinnacle of it. I think that's what Seb's saying. No, I'm agreeing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Sorry, yeah. Is that Nicholson always in this film is treated with, like, a degree of separation from the movie? Like, he's just kind of this thing that... (laughs) is floating around in the background of the movie while the actual film's about the two But then so guys. much of the movie ends up revolving around yeah, him. exactly painfully. right. So when, when it comes time for him to, like, 
take the spotlight and make us feel something. It's just kind of like, oh, that's gross. Yeah. And a lot of what he did was gross rather than real menace. Like he whips out a giant black dildo. Yeah. Like what what even was that? It was a reference to Boogie Nights. It's improv. It's art, man. It's art. It's improv. Was that improvised? It was everything was improvised. Oh, Christ's he, sake. Every man. scene he ended up doing was pretty much <laughs> improvised and that's what gave yeah. Martin you know Scorsese and Thelma Schoonmarker a lot of hell in the edit room. It's <laughs> why the continuity is just out the window. I also thought his secret FBI plot massively underserved. Like, did, uh, even yeah. the payoff when Damon finds out and, you know, offs it, him. It paid off? Like, yeah. <laughs> he, get, he finds out, he kills him, and I guess, could we maybe extrapolate? Okay, so at the very end, Wahlberg's come back and he kills Damon, yeah? Yes. Are we to understand that he's now working with the FBI? Or no, or I think he's... I thought he just killed him to cover I think he, his tracks. That's why he wore the bodysuit, so he just kind of walked in and said, well, look, I'm the only person who knows what you've done. I'm going to kill you. Because so do you reckon that was just off the record? Because I wasn't sure yeah. if it was just a, no, the FBI the covering their tracks now that their mobster that they had on the inn, Nicholson, is dead. They just like shut the whole thing down. No, I thought, I that think, was, I think that's I thought just, he just shot him to cover yeah, his I own tracks because he was desperate. Yeah. That's fine either way. So then yeah, it I'd does the shit out of a show called Boston Justice. <laughs> just a bunch of cops. Well, if that's the case, if he's not working for any higher form of government, then there is absolutely no payoff. No, I was thinking, could it be the FBI retaliation? That's what I thought. Possibly, there's a lot, there's a lot in this movie that just doesn't pay off because, like, the first fifty minutes are like a hot mess. Yeah, like narratively, visually, like technically, there's. It annoyed me because Scorsese's usually like he has this wild sort of camera movement and the cuts, but they're all very deliberate. And this one kind of like it's all like half-assed and like the camera kind of goes to do a cool whip thing, but then they cut away and do like other stuff and then yeah. it kind of moves, but then it doesn't. And it just bugged the hell out of me because I'm so used to Scorsese kind of giving you this really hard to digest, but really well executed vision. Also, I will say one thing I'm normally used to Scorsese doing is he kind of gives a personality to the city. I didn't feel anything for where we were. Like I, I, I didn't get an attachment. Like yeah. we're scenes. Like we get a couple of places at the FBI, um, police headquarters. Yeah, the pub or whatever that Nicholson runs out of. I guess his cousin's house, which we get for a scene, and then another pub. Like there isn't much move. Oh, sorry, and the apartment that. Um, yeah, but there's yeah. not. There's and not I, a lot of Boston. Yeah, and I think I, a lot of the problem is that is because he did it through the characters. So even in the police office, you learn about the police office thing by Alec Baldwin and the other guy like saying "fuck you" to each other. Mm. Whereas you know, I don't know if you see anyone seen Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the city is so present in that. That's movie what I mean. Like I've seen him do any, this. Any words, and he was trying to do everything with the words in this scene. And that's that for me. That's what really. I never got that cultural identity because I know, mm. like, obviously Scorsese is Italian. He does all the mobster films, and then he's coming in doing the Irish Mafia, and it felt like he just had no idea how to do the Irish mm. Mafia. And I'm not gonna say he did it badly; it just it had no heart, mm. and that's it. Like, it felt a little bit. It felt like it parts. was his like I'm doing this for the money movie. It very much did, but like, like, uh, if anyone seen The Fighter? Yes, that movie. Yeah. Felt like Boston. Yes, yeah. And I'm not like a sh- I don't, like I like the movie, but I don't love it. But it felt like Boston. There was a very good sense of place in that movie that this one was kind of lacking. Well, yeah, this one d- didn't feel like people and uh, characters moving through a real place. Mm. It, it felt like actors moving from one set to another yes, one. Yep. Yeah, it absolutely. felt very staged yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. So, have you seen this before, Al? No. What do you think? I liked it. <laughs> well, good. I felt like. They did a good job. I've never been to Boston. And well, me neither, to be honest. To be fair. It just 
I don't know. That's the thing. I, I, I have a question. How many of Scorsese's movies have you seen? Couldn't tell you another one. Have you seen Shutter Island? Yes. And The Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. Here's the thing. And this is the thing that, like, I have mixed feelings about this movie because, like, all the Scorsese kind of fans and, like, the filmmakers that I talk to, they don't really like this movie. But all, like, the laymen and the people who aren't, like, hardcore filmmakers, they really dig this movie. This is, like, their favourite Scorsese movie. That or Shutter Island or... um. Wolf of Wall Street, and it shows because those three are his highest grossing movies. Of mm. or any, a lot of his stuff he's done, like tanks. It technically tanks, but it gets a lot of Oscars, so they kind of keep giving him money. Well, I can't say that this is my favorite Scorsese, no. but it's it's not his worst. It's no, oh, no. boxcar Bertha. Definitely not not his worst. But like every time I watch it, I'm I I'm always surprised by how much it ta- it brings me into the into the film and how interested I am in it. Okay. So I, I kind of put it on That's interesting. Um, expecting to kind of watch some of it and go away and come back because I, I couldn't remember watching it last time. But then this time, yeah, I was kind of like, I think, oh, it, I I think it's one of his it. most accessible movies. Yeah. And that's like, that's a sort of a plus for it. Well, was, also, like he says it's the first movie he's done with, with a, a plot. plot. Yeah. And I think that might be it. Yeah. Like he's trying to tell this narrative through a series of scenes rather than like a lot of his other films are more about a character and kind of a snapshot of that character. So, yeah, I I, I do like the film. Um, but like but here's the thing is that like when you think of Scorsese, this isn't like the first movie you no. think of and this isn't the seventh movie you think of. And it's not the style of movie that yeah. you think of when you, when you think oh, of Scorsese. Oh, it kind of is. It kind of has the, the, the wild camera. It's just a lot less focused. And it does have the cocaine and it does have the swearing. Not so enough cocaine. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio should have been on cocaine in that movie. It would have made it. No, <laughs> have, has anyone seen? Uh, so this is adapted from Infernal Affairs. Has anyone seen yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I sat down, and watched it for this. I hadn't seen it before, and in that one, the Leonardo DiCaprio's version of the character is like on cocaine for the movie, and I was like, that would have kind of made it feel a lot better. The disjointed kind of cutting and all that would have fit his yeah. sort of nature a lot better, but. But again, like it wasn't told just from his point of view. You yeah, well, it was two point of views. Yeah, two point of views. Well, who's our main character? If you guys had to pick one of the two cops, it's a, it's a dual protagonist. So you, I, if you I thought would, it was I would evenly served. Matt Damon. Really? So yeah. I would have gone Leo. Oh no, actually no, because Matt Damon opened the movie. Yeah, and he's like the theme is surrounded by he, about him, whereas Leonardo DiCaprio is kind of like he doesn't change, whereas Matt Damon kind of does. He changes for the worse, and yeah. he dies yeah. for it. Spoiler, but um, <laughs> and I suppose you could argue as well, even though obviously. You know, with putting our morals into it, obviously we have a protagonist and an antagonist. I mean, they're both following them, but one is a bad person, one's a good person. But technically, I guess Leo is the driving negative force to Damon. So if you accept Damon as your main character, Leo, even though doing good things, doesn't naturally fall into the antagonist role because well, he's creating I, problems I would, for I would him. Nicholson is the antagonist, and the two the two as protagonists being manipulated by him. But the, I thought the case of finding the rat was the main problem within the film. So that's, that's why I would say Leo well, falls into the antagonist. They're both to trying me. to find the rat. Yeah, but Leo causing more problems for Damon. The movie does open and end with Damon, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm saying and that would like make that. Leo fall into the antagonist role for me because if Damon is our protagonist. And so what, what's Nicholson then? He was technically a supporting character the entire time for Damon. Chaotic evil. But like, <laughs> they are allied on the same team with the same mission. They have disagreements, but they're people. But in the end, the one driving force against them is the rat within um, Nicholson's group, and that would make Leo the bad guy. 
But that's like the kind of tied in. The, the one thing I can say about this film is that as messy as it is, it kind of maintains a very strong theme throughout. And yeah. the thing that they say at the beginning, they say, you know, uh, cops or criminals, when there's a gun to your face, what's the difference? And the thing I, I like for how messy it was is that that was really persistent all the way through it as a theme being like explored between Matt Damon and yeah. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's characters. I really like that about it. And then, well, that follows right the way through to the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was really cool. A gun to your face is literally how the movie ends, which I thought was really good. So, like, the, like it's not like a bad... That's why I kind of have mixed feelings about it is because there's, like, a lot that I don't like, but there's also a lot that's really good. And I think those are the reasons why a lot of, sort of non-filmmaker types really gravitate to this movie yeah. and they really yeah. they really like it. They just... They think it's a really badass movie. And, I, like, I can't blame them for it. Well, I think it's because also they're... Like what Seb and I were just saying... There's there's so much light and dark in both of the uh, main protagonists that it's easy to to relate to them. Yeah, it's like if you're in that position, what would you do? You'd probably do exactly what they were doing. Yeah, ch- pretending it, pretending until you're forced into a decision. I actually did appreciate that. I never had those moments where you're like, "Why are you so stupid? You're only doing this thing to continue the plot." Like I did feel like all the decisions being made were very reactionary and natural, rather than just yeah. Okay, your, your character is just here to make the script a little bit longer. Thanks. Yep. Like, it's lazy. And that was, yeah, it was there, a good thing. There was a lot of stuff in there that could have been cut out. Um, although, like, I, I Pretty quite... much all of Alec Baldwin could have gone. Yes. Agreed. Like, agreed. To be fair, I think he did a good job. Oh, yeah. But... He, was an en- he was enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. when yeah, compared yeah, yeah. to anyone else. Like, when know, he attacked like the camera the guy? Guys. Yeah. It was a great scene. I liked that. But it's, it's kind of like he didn't really do anything to further the plot except give... Matt Damon a superior. But it's interesting in, in the Infernal Affairs, like literally Alec Baldwin and Martin Sheen and Mark Wahlberg are all one character in Infernal Affairs. Yes. And it's like yeah. Infernal Affairs is like an hour shorter than this one. <laughs> and so that's what I kind of appreciate about this one is that like Infernal Affairs is that it's way more efficient with the storytelling than this yeah. one. This kind of sprawls and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't go anywhere. But you know, I can't hold the length against it. I did it's enjoy, not Scorsese's I, longest. I did. So. I did enjoy Baldwin's performance. So. Okay, That's cool. I, I don't think it's his best performance, but I do think it, it's uh, it an, an appreciative one. Well, okay. What do we isolate some scenes? Do you guys want to move on to best and worst? We can just hone in on some bits. Oh. Yeah, right. I was, I was just going to say with the Oscars, though. Like, I don't know how, how much you talk about this, but I don't think this deserved the Oscars. No, that it wasn't got. this pretty much a lifetime achievement award movie? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And like, they were really obviously knew the outcome because the people who presented the director award were. Um, Steven Spielberg, Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas and who along with um, Martin Scorsese and Brian De Palma they're known as the movie brats they're all like best friends who all made movies in like the yeah. 70s and so like when they're presenting the award <laughs> everyone's like it's, it's Scorsese's got it um, but I don't think like I mean this was the year that had like um, Pan's Labyrinth yes which is like one of the greatest movies ever made in the history of ever and I will like fight anyone who disagrees on that but like United 93 are we, are, are we going to have a fight no, I don't think I've seen it. <gasps> Surely and, uh, you've seen it. I have told you to see it. It's so <clears throat> is this the one with um, the giant fawn and the little girl in Spain? Spain? Yes, yeah. who's like my favorite director? Is it in English? Yeah, it's in Spanish. Oh shit! So should I not have said that? <laughs> Am I thinking? Do we trick him into seeing foreign language films? And he's like, "Oh, but I'm already here watching it." So no. Am I thinking of Labyrinth with David Bowie? That's, that's Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah that's I've very, seen Labyrinth. Very different oh, film. Are they different, different though? Labyrinth. Yeah. Are they different? Uh, yes. I think they're unofficial sequels. Like, no. No, I, sure. I legit no. always <laughs> thought. 
I always thought they were the same film. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just thought some people said Pan's Labyrinth, and then other people just well, said one's David Bowie's <laughs> like, and one's Peter Pan's Labyrinth. That's how that works, right? Uh, no, it's a terrible no. concept. All right, so best and worst watch scenes, that. then yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pan's what do we love? What were you guys in love with? Uh, Zane, start us off. <sighs> I really loved it. I loved it when DiCaprio punched Wahlberg in the face because I wanted to punch him in the face the entire movie. And it was just really cathartic for me. Okay. Um, there are a lot of other kind of really decent scenes. I really like the scene where Nicholson uh, breaks his hand again. That um, was good. That's That was a really kind of like, of oh, my God, I wasn't expecting this to happen right now. That was one of the few scenes that came over from the from Internal yes, Affairs yeah. too. But it happens at a completely different time in both movies. So, yeah. Can we I, talk I about that scene actually? I'd like to. Yeah. Okay. I love that scene. It's actually my favourite scene. I also like the part where he throws in the cash at the end is sort yeah. of like, well, okay, you're not dirty, thank you. But where did that scene come from? I, I like the scene. I just don't think it was built up in the movie. He's, well, it wasn't. It was meant to be a total surprise. But it felt like it was. I was missing a scene his breaking, rather than a surprise. The breaking of his hand, I think, happened. We saw that. Whereas in, in Infernal Affairs, he's just got a cast for no yeah, reason. Yeah. And they think they think it's that he's got a mic up in Oh, there. no, I get that. I mean, like, he's done the deals with his cousin. He's told by French, do not do this. You promise. No, cool, done. Yeah. And the next time we see him, he's just being recruited by Nicholson. I, I was missing, there was that big disconnect there of why. Why does Nicholson want him? I never felt the need for this character oh, to be brought in. Okay, so I was missing the that. He wants Uncle Jackie, his, wasn't it? His second in, in command. Mr. French, yeah. said, this guy's around. He's probably probably okay to do jobs. Like we told him not to do any more deals. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, okay, well, is he, is he a cop? Because he was a cop. And I knew his I knew his uncle and I knew his dad, so let's see what he's about. And then so they did brought that scene in. I think my misconnect is Leo's job is to get there, right? Like this is all yeah. going to plan except for his hand being broken twice, yeah? Yeah. I don't feel like his character successfully planned his way in. I feel like Oh, well no, that's why that's why he beat up the Italians. To yeah. get a, to get on the good side. And that's where he broke his hand. Yeah. And so Nicholson's like, oh, okay, right. I can see what you're doing. Are you trying to get buy your way in to me by he was a basically very, trying... He's a very savvy gang lord. Yeah. So, and the story... Okay. Know, I, I didn't read it that way. I can see how you, you did, though. Yeah. I just... For me, it felt like, oh, cool, this is the time where he gets recruited because it was his job to get recruited, but I, I always felt Otherwise, he didn't why, do enough. Otherwise, why is he beating up the Italians? He's a dickhead. No, I figured there's a reason. <laughs> but the disconnect between him doing that and now yeah. suddenly the decision gets made all off camera to come get him felt like, oh, it's too easy. Well, I think a lot of it is implied and and that comes again down to editing and that comes down to exactly what they managed to get on camera with Nicholson. But I love the scene. Like, it's it's my favourite scene. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, yeah, my favourite scene as well. I thought it was absolutely great. Like I said, I really like when he hands in the money because it gave us that bit of insight, which is why when Nicholson's like, this is my most evil character ever, I'm like, that was pretty nice. Well, if you're going to then hire the guy, you've got to... Yeah, <laughs> got to win him back somehow. What about you, Shane? What's your favorite uh, my scene? favorite scene was the phone call where Matt Damon picks up 
the dead cop's phone and uh, rings Leonardo DiCaprio because for a movie that there's just a lot of unnecessary talking about things, nothing is said in that movie out loud and there's so much subtext with like a look and they're not even like in the same scene together and I thought that was like a really great yeah. moment of performance from DiCaprio and Damon. I wasn't like a big fan of Damon, like Damon could have been anyone in this but um, like it just it really nailed that kind of thing but a closer runner up would be the uh, cranberry juice scene. <laughs> I love that. It, 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 in the context of the whole movie it's a really pointless scene because it sets up and pays off absolutely nothing but as a scene it was really good and it had that line where he's like, like, you know, there are, there are guys you can hit and there are guys you can't hit and this guy you kind of can't hit. Um, and then he hits him up for him and it just like as a scene it was really fun and the cranberry juice, which I told, yeah. I wanted the cranberry juice to pay off later in the movie <laughs> and it never did. So, but that was that was a close second for me. All right, what about you, Al? Um, yeah, I had a couple of favourites. I think the elevator right at the end where uh, it just opens and oh. Oh, bang. Yeah. <laughs> that is a... Uh, that, yeah, it's an ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, Surprising, that I guess. Didn't Deus like Ex, that? Not like yeah. we're not in a de- like like what like what's the the devil out of the machine? <laughs> it was like the opposite of Deus Ex Machina. Diablo. I like the concept Diablo, of the I shot in the head. I like the shot in the head. I hate the. You thought you were the only dirty cop? Like, oh, yeah. who yeah. the fuck are you? Get out of this movie. He popped yeah. up like a couple of times. I'd had it but, spoiled that someone was around. But then, I was really hoping that it was the guy from up. The first time I watched it, I was hoping it was the guy that was upstairs had run down and then just decided to shoot him as soon that's as That's why I thought it happened when it yeah. happened. And I was kind of disappointed yeah, that Anthony Anderson didn't do bit. it. Yeah. But it was a shock. The, uh, the second, like, Matt Damon picks up the gun, though, and just shoots him in the head as well. Like, that... I think that paid off the the <laughs> random guy showing up. Hey, you're not the only one. We were in this together. And he's like, like, "No, we're not." Oh, I just I just wiped these uh, prints off. All right, bang. Do you think you went to laughter in that scene? Because I did. I, I did saying bad things about me. Uh, I, I laughed. You laughed. <laughs> it has a, a dark sense of humor about it. I think it's meant to be more dramatic. Well, it's, it's just kind of so ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of like sudden. everyone just like, oh, who's alive now? Where's the movie going? Remember, what happens? I remember reading it was like, I think it was 23 kills in this film. I think it was uh, it was 20 something. Yeah. No, uh, what have I got? Oh no, I didn't write. Something like that. But I don't remember that many of them. Like there's three in that scene. A lot four, in the shootouts five. on the streets. Oh, I and, suppose, yeah. Yeah. All of those things and my machine falling. falling off the building. Yeah. Yeah. Just pretty spectacular. Oh, poor Martin I think Sheen. it was, I, that, that was my, like I didn't like that shot. You mean you mean the his blood on no, your the hands sh- shot? The shot yeah. was I think that he did it better in Infernal Affairs when it just he yeah. drops onto the cab that he gets out of. Yeah. A little convenient, but well. I didn't like the very unsubtle imagery of the blood on his hands. Yes. I was like, oh, Scorsese, no. <laughs> of the what in his hands? Because he um, Martin falls, splatters, and Leo just looks up at his hands and he's got all of yeah. his blood, and it's very like yeah. in your face. Like I did this, I guess, and. Oh, it was pretty. I mean, he's also... never been subtle on yeah. his imagery. But it was like, oh. Right, Alex, the... what was your least favourite? Um, let me just refer back to my prepared notes that I made for a change. This is exciting uh, news. Is this what tells in the future for second take? Prepared notes? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a scene. I had mostly anything that had anything to do with the therapist. Uh, that is a... 
Unfortunately, a subplot I think could have dropped as well. Yeah, it didn't need Although, it. Although the dinner scene where they where, where they've got like that weird chocolate tower that was shot really, really well. That was like the only time I was like, "Oh, this is a Scorsese movie," and then like everything else kind of felt like a student See, filmmaker imitating. I, like, Scorsese. Couldn't care for it. Couldn't I, care for the whole yeah. love. Oh, yeah, there's the, there's the why did she stuff. sleep with DiCaprio? Yeah, and right? why did nothing come of that <laughs> except yeah. for, oh, she's here's the, a tape. She's the only female character, so she needs to sleep with all the main characters. If she slept with Nicholson, it would have been hilarious. Female though. characters don't need depth. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Uh, no, but like seriously, why did she do that? Because it came of nothing, right? No. Because no. I, I watched this movie a few years ago and when she's listening to the tape in the house and she's been found doing it by um Damon. Yeah. I was like, is he just going to like choke her to death because he, he's now found the connection? I was like, nope. I totally thought he was going to kill her in the yeah. middle of it. And then, but no. Yeah. And this he's her at the funeral and still nothing. Like he draws he draws a line at like his, his well, girlfriend. Maybe but, like he he justifies that he's killing people because they're, they're bad people. He, commit, he but, kills cops. Yeah, but uh, like he is a cop. So he knows that cops aren't great people. Like they still do bad things. Whereas she's never done anything bad that he knows of, so maybe that's that, that's how I think he justifies it. Like she's never done anything to him that would warrant him shooting her. Okay. Whereas everyone he works with, all the mobsters, of course, they've done something that he he could justify killing them. Well, for. then they need to play into the fact that she has wronged him in some way and show him making that realization and choice. Otherwise, it's why. Yeah, like, well, I, I agree. Like, there was yeah. no payoff. Or, like, like mm. I need to come clean with you. I slept with another client. That would be... Apparently uh, I'm really into that exact thing. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's okay. We found my niche. <laughs> oh, oh, that, that Damaged cops. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. What was your least favourite? Me? Oh, what kind of... What does my lovely handwriting dictate? Um... No, that's wrong. I'd write that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything with cousin Sean, meeting him in the house with, his, with the auntie, I guess. I was like, who's cousin Sean? No, it's <laughs> He's very a drama teacher character. from Community. Um, I like the scene. Obviously, the, the cranberry juice scene's fine. Like, he's in that, but he's really backseat for that one. But yeah. just going around with him, I don't know. I always said the guy's like, he's a comedy actor. And he was kind of playing the same role, except it wasn't funny, but he was trying to be funny. So I guess performance-wise is more his issue rather than the scene, but the scene yeah. was not good because of it. So, yeah. yeah. What about you, Shane? Uh, my least favourite scene was the giant exposition dump in the police thing where they dropped the title with, like, the camera, like, went oh, into... Yeah. It felt like I was watching a scene from 30 Rock where they make fun of those scenes in movies where he's like, and what was the name? The Departed. And there's, like, the camera, like, crashes in on his face. And I was like... This, and then, like, prior to that, it was just this giant dump of exposition that could have been and then they repeat it later on in the movie anyway so it was just completely useless to me and then title drops when they're done badly like that I just it grates me to be fair they did say The Departed once before in this movie and didn't have a title they didn't say The Departed they said The Recently Departed or Previously Departed or something like that and I was like The teasing it (laughs) The teasing it and then I was like oh that's what The Departed means okay cool I've got the title but it was a nice subtle drop and then no no like a minute after that crash zoom in on Matt Damon dropping the title, like looking into the lens. I was just like, why? Why? The problem is my partner and I, we watched the, you guys familiar with the YouTube channel Cinema Sins? Yes. No. I do not like it, but Do yes. you actually not know what it's like? Yeah. yeah. So whenever he, the title comes up in a film, he always says roll credits. And we just do that in every film that we're watching together. And it was really unsatisfying to do it the first time. And then it happened the second time. We're like, oh no. And then again, right at the end. Yep. <laughs> well, Zane, what was yours? 
Uh, the scene where Jack Nicholson is throwing cocaine for prostitutes and say, don't come back until you're numb. Oh, that or something. was bad. That I was, was like, why? He what? suggested that scene. It of wasn't in the script. Did. And he was like, I want to throw cocaine on prostitutes. Yeah, like why? why it serves no purpose. It serves no purpose. It was literally just like in between two other plot-driven scenes where he was, he was showed with his wife uh, or girlfriend or whatever and this... Uh, black prostitute, I'm assuming. Um, he specifically requested to one white and one black prostitute. Yeah, and then... Because he's playing Two-Face. And then we like. cut into, like, a smoky bedroom scene where he's running his fingers through cocaine and he throws it off off the frame yeah. and pushes her forward and don't come back until you're numb. Like, I don't... It, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't make me think anything... Different or new? Or can I give him credit for one of his improv moments? No, so? you can't. Um, you it's when he's worked out finally for the tenth time that Leo's not the rat, <laughs> and he walks away, <laughs> leaves Leo with Mister French, and then he like sneaks into the background uh, and yeah. whispers, like, Shh, and then comes in and grabs a cigarette. Weirdest scene. Although we that, actually had to stop and like, what did we just see? I what? thought that was like that looked like legitimately looked like a blooper, like something you'd stick yeah. in the blooper yeah. reel. That that like he wasn't meant to do that, and he improved it. But it was like it felt like he'd broken character to yeah. me when I sort of saw that. I was just like, what? His character what? was very lost because it was like meant to be threatening, but also seemed like oh, he had Alzheimer's or something. Like, yeah, he's like the crazy uncle, Mister Magoo, the yeah. Irish mafia boss. <laughs> Giving him the shush, yeah. he's like creeping in like Leo's asleep. He doesn't want to wake him. It's precious. He didn't like even. But I liked it. He didn't <laughs> even make call a trick yeah. on Leo. But he didn't. He just went yeah. Shh, and then walked and then walked away. I thought he was gonna like like do a jump scare yeah. or something on Leo. Slam no, his head into the table yeah. just to like drive home how much of a dickhead he is. Nope, none of that. All right, so performances then. What stuck out for you guys? Anyone so favorite or least favorite? Yeah, let's go favorite. Let's keep it positive for a bit. Um, I, I uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio for me, and it's not for the really. Re- like a lot of people love the big stuff he does in the movie, and the big stuff is good, and that's kind of what he's known for in like his later stuff, especially something like The Wolf of Wall Street, where it's just all yeah. big stuff all the time. But it's all the moments where he's not doing any big stuff, where he's not talking in other people's scenes. He's really kind of nailing this paranoid, angry thing that kind of. That like the whole movie had this paranoid and angry tone. Scorsese said he, he made this as very angry. It was like his, he said it was like his nine eleven reaction film or something like that. And so it was like angry and scared, which is kind of thing. And Leonardo DiCaprio kind of captured that really well outside of the big scenes. So that's what I really liked about that. And then I, I have to give Vera Farmiga props because she had nothing to work with and she made <laughs> some semblance of like a coherent performance when she was given like zero from the yeah. script. Well, I'll jump on with. With DiCaprio, really? I, I think, yeah, I, I think, shocking me. I think he's the only one who actually had a really solid character arc. Yeah, whereas like he, you could definitely see where he started, what he went through, and what where he was at the end. Whereas Damon was up and down the whole way through. Nicholson was just all over the place. One hundred percent. And Farmiga was just nothing. She, she was had given nothing. nothing. So. Uh, so I th- my favourite was DiCaprio. I really liked Leo as an actor, but this is my least favourite performance from him, period. Like, I'm surprised to hear you guys really? both jump onto Wait, him. Have you seen The Island? The Island? Is that the Michael <laughs> no, the one? Beach. The Beach. The Beach, not the... the uh, no, that's a different one. Uh, yeah, but well, I was like 10. So, <laughs> so you watched that movie when you were 10? I saw it at the cinemas, so whenever it came out, I was... Isn't it an MA? 50 oh, my parents are lovely people. <laughs> um, Film enthusiasts. 
<laughs> Not even. Dad likes the, sh- the, the shittest movies. Anyway, um, no, I just, I mean, he's fine in this movie. Like, he's good. But I maybe it's this kind of character that I hate. It's why I can't get into the train spotters. Well, I haven't watched the first train spotting and I haven't obviously seen the new one either. Because those kind of brooding, they damaged characters that are just that rage, I just. I just don't buy into it. He really started damage. Yeah. Because he was he wanted to be a cop and he could I can't remember the reason why he wasn't allowed to be a cop, maybe because Mark Wahlberg yelled at him, but like Well, he, he wasn't not allowed to be a cop. They just convinced him that he would never be a real cop. He would just be pretending to be a cop. And yeah. so they can they can I, I didn't to, get that. I was like, but like, No, Wahlberg did not sell it. No, no. Well, in um, his defense, he was meant to scream and Martin Sheen was meant to explain what the screaming meant. But he felt like a character. The scene didn't explain it. Yeah. yeah. But I thought Leo did like a really good job of being a character lost in everyone else's huge machinations and he just wanted to do yeah. something with his life. <laughs> and then he got put into the shittiest position and he tried to get out of it and couldn't. I think if he had you say he had an arc, and I yeah. would actually argue the contrary. He was just, don't want to be here the entire movie. If he had maybe flirted with defecting or something just to show actual thought rather than, I don't want to get killed by these gangsters, can I stop being a cop now? Well, that's why I thought he should have gotten hooked on cocaine. Yeah. That something would have added a little in. more, I guess. But I, I like I liked his arc as it was, but yeah. I thought that might have sold it maybe to mm. other people. Maybe, uh, but I don't know. I just thought, oh. who was your favourite? I'm giving bagging on him a lot tonight, but there's the right answer and then there's my answer. I think technically the best and performance... And on the spectrum from right answer to wrong answer, your answer is below pretty wrong. much down I think one technically <laughs> the best performance in this, however, didn't suit the movie. I think it was actually Nicholson. I think this is probably one of the best performances he's done, although my oh. answer is Mark Wahlberg because... <laughs> This is the only movie I like him in apart from Boogie Nights. And that's a good thing. He actually sold me on him. And I liked just having a consistently angry character that was kind of running against him, um, Leo. But See, every line he delivered... Was I, the exact same. I, I, no, I felt like he was about to burst out laughing at how funny he was yeah. being. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like I felt, yeah, I think that whenever they yelled cut, he just started giggling because of what he just said. I feel like it must have just been a very, very thin best supporting actor race that year because... Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was def- he was definitely like an effective character, like you remember him, but like as far as like emotional, well, like effective performances, like I... I I couldn't take him seriously. But so your favourite was like Jack Nicholson. I know. I think the best performance was technically Jack, but my favourite was easily Wahlberg. Like, I'm happy to admit I'm not picking the best performance. I'm just picking my (laughs) favourite performance. Jack Nicholson's done so many better movies. So many better movies. As good as it gets. Yeah. I don't like him in a whole lot of movies either, though. I'm really picky with him because sometimes he's just Jack Nicholson. It's like you get the same thing in in a lot of films for him. Yeah. This is just something a little bit more. It was the same thing, but that extra bit of adultness to it, actually had me on board for it. it just like we've discussed it didn't really match up with all the movie yeah if we'd seen more of it i think i might be on the same or if it, we'd seen more of it actually connecting to the story or driving the story that would have worked i think and he at the moment is like it's an interesting take on an idea i think he needed to be more threatening to be honest yeah, i think he needed absolutely. to be more powerful of a character i think if we had a couple more scenes of like him being just not just unstable but Threateningly unstable. Yeah. It would have sold me across. Affecting the main characters some. Yep. Yeah. Well, what are you, Al? Um, I was also going to say Jack, but it's it's Wahlberg. Good choice, man. Yeah. It's mm. good. Um, because Leo this was. Is why, no, this is why I got you on, Shane. Oh, thank you. Leo <laughs> was um, Leo, 
and um, the woman did nothing. Um, when you see Leo is Leo, though, like you put this against like Titanic, and they're two wildly different people. That well, or I mean, Gilbert Grape. If I cared enough to watch him in Titanic, <laughs> have you, wait, have you not seen Titanic? I think I've watched it backwards. That was the backwards <laughs> yeah, from the end, like. So it's a happy movie rather than a sad movie. You watched it memento style? Like you did like 10 minutes and then you rewound it. We literally will play the movie in reverse, reverse. no sound. So (laughs) the iceberg shoots a ship out of it. So you spent four hours watching a movie. No, no, no. We stopped stopped when the icebergs hit. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So you still watch like an hour of that movie. You still got an hour of that movie. (laughs) Oh my God. But in reverse, it's about half an hour of that movie. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah, no, I just, from what I've seen it, it was film podcast. Have you seen it like normally? Have you seen no, tried- no. Oh, really? Couldn't care to. Oh my god, it's James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's fine. Oh, you're right. Your, your life is okay without seeing it. Exactly. I mean, you might enjoy it. But I'm, what if you don't, Alex? <laughs> I, well, let's try it. Um, All right, I'm putting that on the list. It's just—it's <laughs> <laughs> like seven hours long. Don't do it's this to me. It's not seven hours long. It's like seven hours. Um, yeah. Watch the extent. Look, I, I'm gonna—I'm just gonna. Head into the my least favorite. It was Matt Damon. He he was Matt Damon. Leo was Leo. The woman was the woman. Jack Nicholson did a good job. Um, to be fair, he was Jack Nicholson. He was, but he did a good job at it. And <laughs> I felt like he was crazy enough from what I saw, and not being super technical movie buff person. I enjoyed so that buff. performance. <laughs> I will say, like, I think because we've, the three of us have come in and seen this before, I think my issue was I remember him being a lot more threatening than he was and I think I had built up expectations for Nicholson's performance that weren't accurate. Yeah. So I think, because it's been so long for me since I'd seen it, I just remember he's that crazy edgy guy and then when you watch him, I'm like, I've seen edgier and crazier before. I, I went in going, this movie won like a million Oscars and everyone tells mm. me they love it and then I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> Right. So Lee's favorite yeah. Sam, Kevin Corrigan. He was there. He was cousin Sean. I explained <laughs> why I don't like him. He was a goofy yeah. cartoon character and a not funny one. In a yeah. film that actually had some funny moments, I was surprised. I remember laughing as much during this as I did. Not just the killing scene, though. Other scenes, I was like, that was meant to be funny, and I laughed. This is nice. Not his scenes. Not his scenes. A little bit. Ever. No. <laughs> Shane. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, it's it's interesting that. because like. The, I like Mark Wahlberg when I first started seeing him and stuff, and then the more I see of his, the less craft he's. I realize he's actually doing any in, yeah. he's, and it's not like it's you know it's that thing where they're playing the same kind of character, but this is just he just yells everything, and he kind of only really has three scenes in the movie: he has the opening in the office, he has the middle where he's like where he gets punched, where he gets uh, yeah where he gets punched, and then he has the end bit where he shoots Matt Damon and doesn't say anything, and I'm like that that last one was the best because yeah. he didn't say anything, but he's. Just not, he's not like that role could have been played by any angry Boston actor. Like any any Mark, uh, sorry Matt Damon could have played that role to the exact same level that Mark Wahlberg did. Ben I don't Affleck think could have. Yeah, I don't think Matt Damon has the energy to put that that much swearing into a role. Is he no. not voice striker was a very sleepy looking actor. No, Matt Damon. Yeah, sleepy. even in the Bourne series when he's like, I'm super proactive. I'm like, no, you're making me tired. Oh. Really. No. I, I wouldn't say even when he's like, "I'm that, on Mars. I need potatoes." He's like, "I'm a slow." Good, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, he's slow. he nails the swearing he's in that. Slow though, like he's such a he's like a sloth. No, you guys are getting that. Does it not make you tired just by looking no. at him? No. Oh, 
There's not something turned Ooh, up in his brain. But this conversation is, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. So both of you on the Warburg bus. Did not like bus. him. Wow. I, to be Did fair, I don't like anything he's ever done ever, including be, Boogie oh, Nights. Oh, like, but you don't think like Boogie Nights is sort of like there's something actually there. I like Boogie Nights the movie. I don't like Warburg. Oh, okay, there might, you might be like attributing it to Paul Thomas Anderson more than See, Warburg. Sure. I liked the other guys. I still I haven't seen that. As you know, I do, I mean, you bring up the other guys, but the other guys, is a, it's a straight it's, comedy. Like it's, I like him in that too. And he's playing against a, a big comedy improv actor like uh, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. And I think he's a funny guy. Like I haven't seen the, like I said, I haven't seen the new Transformers films because I just can't do seven I, hours of punishment. I didn't myself, mind but. him in Deepwater Horizon, but it wasn't like any, like again. It's like I, a lot of the things I'm seeing him in, I'm I could see anyone doing that. Yeah. Yep. I'm, right. I'm happy with my I'm happy with my decisions. Well, I can't believe that Shane and. Zane were both wrong. That's really um, weird, that's isn't really it? Weird, yeah, we right? don't often walk out <laughs> feeling both right. right. <laughs> we were the ones that were wrong. Yeah, he just heard it here first. We were on the wrong side of history. Yeah. We are the ones that didn't like the actor that went on to do films like The Happening. Which is debatably a hilarious comedy. So it's like it depends on how you how you frame that one. Not What's, uh, marketed or listed as comedy. Well, but Demo if you do though, it's amazing. <laughs> Tell me again what the happening is. The Mark Shyamalan. Oh, sorry, uh, M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, and where the, some, the things the trees happen. and the wind gang up to kill humans. It makes, <laughs> it makes everyone commit suicide. That is the best synopsis of that movie. <laughs> it's so bad. Never it's him and Zoe Deschanel it. in like oh. a thriller. <laughs> it's, it, they're in a thriller. It's, it's so right. bad. It is terrible if you watch it like it was meant to be serious. If you watch it like a like a, a movie that should appear on like Mystery Science Theater, it's really good. Right. But yeah, if if you watch it like a movie that's like a supposed to appear on a series built around terrible cinema, then it's a good movie. Well, you could just yes. like watch a good movie and never watch The Happening and your life will be so much better. But if you ever watch the movie and you're like, I don't know if that was good or bad, then you can watch The Happening like straight-minded and then you'll think your first movie was great. You know what? Sorry. Y'all are saying this, but I reckon if I go and watch it, I'm actually going to like it. I think you like horrors more than I do, which is to say that you oh, like them. I love so, horror, yeah. though. It, it struggles to be a horror. It, well, it's not but a thriller. See, even even mm, the, like yeah. non-film people I talk to who like 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 um uh, the village, people who like the village do not like this movie. People it's like the honestly, village. I don't mind the it's village. It's not even a thriller. It's more of a chase movie where they're trying to outrun wind, but you can't Ooh, see the wind because it's actual wind. So you're just Ooh. outrunning an invisible menace, of saving money. Yeah. I think it's good. It's good times. So uh, the concept oh, is intriguing. There was another terrible it movie Marvel did. Oh, Daddy's that? Home. Just uh, one. Just one. Oh, like like since <laughs> since The Departed. Well, guys, Depart. do you want to move on to our verdicts then? Yeah, Shall sure. Shall we thing. depart from this? Oh God, <laughs> Alex, you go first. Um, <laughs> For that, you I would first. I would recommend this film. Yeah, to ten people. Only <laughs> ten though. No, one more. Not eleven <laughs> and not nine. But ten. <laughs> I uh, I think. This has grounding qualities for a crime film. Grounding qualities? Don't yeah. ask questions. Okay. I'm trying to sound <laughs> movie It's not working. Okay. It's, not, it's working. not working. Okay. A little bit. It made um, no sense, Alex. The, uh, 
the key grip did a great job. <laughs> what was the name of the key grip? Um, I think it, it's Just on the. Anything, it's probably one of them. John Williams. How, how good was that best boy? <laughs> he took a break from scoring Star Wars. William, to key grip. Yeah, hey? How say? good was the best boy in this one? Oh, it was just the best. I've seen better best boys. Though. No, well, I don't know. <laughs> no, you haven't. The, uh, That's the whole point. <laughs> the, Who knows the, what the best boy does? The second best boy. I don't though. even know. <laughs> he just wasn't. He was, a, he was an acceptable boy. Acceptable. Not, this sounds like say it's going best, somewhere though. else. <laughs> Third best, at least. Zane, please <laughs> interject with your opinions. Yeah, it's or a good it. film. It's uh, it's entertaining, and you can definitely watch it more than once. Um, like I said, like we did pick on it a lot because, but I think some of us did. Yeah, yeah, I think that was me. I also praised it a lot, but uh, it's it's not. I don't think it deserved the Oscar mm-hmm. that year or any year. I'm not sure anyone thinks that though. I think it's all just ugh, okay. About time. Yeah, it was because he. I mean, he lost. He lost to Dances with Wolves. Goodfellas lost to Dances with Wolves. But it's not like he was never going to make another movie ever in his entire world. No, but that is like peak. Like that is. I, and that's not my favorite Scorsese, but that's like peak Scorsese. Well, like, okay, yeah. The Oscar, Oscar snubs beside. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I th- it's definitely worth a second deck. I'll be watching this again when I decide to. But it's definitely not one of the things that I'm relegating to the like, oh, if I have to pile. Fair enough. Shame. Um, I, despite how much I've ripped on it, I would give it a second take because I think it's a very interesting movie, especially like it's a good one to show, like you said, show people who maybe aren't into Scorsese. It's a really good gateway drug to his other stuff. Um, and we're all about getting people hooked on drugs. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That main thing. Um, and I think it's a really interesting thing in Scorsese's career because it was kind of the one that kicked off a lot of his um, don't not I think the aviator kind of kicked it off but like it was sort of the one that kind of kicked off what his sort of new wind of his films that he's been doing yeah. a very interesting film so it's a, it's this nice sort of intersection of his old stuff and his new stuff so it's very interesting from uh, looking at Scorsese's kind of films point of view and so I'm definitely going to be watch- I'm going to be watching it again when I get up to it in my Scorsese marathon but <laughs> That sounds exhausting. 36 films. I haven't seen Silence yet. And some of them are more than two hours long, Seb. Most of them them are more than two hours long, right? uh, His longest is The Wolf of Wall Street, which is two hours and 59 minutes. What a jerk. I I can't believe I went and saw that. Oh, did you? Good for Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Did you like it? boobs. It's a great movie, though. Just went on and on. But that (laughs) I... I'm not a huge fan of Wall Street. Oh, really? Uh, the content matter. I didn't. I didn't have any like character to latch onto. Uh, Seb, you, you were saying sorry. This, this is a fine movie. I, I <laughs> back in when it came out, we covered this in my film class back in high school. Yeah, and we went into it because my teacher saw it again. Weird choice for high school. You'd covered The Departed. Yeah, in high school. Yeah. What, like you're a, how old were, are you? Very, they no. can't show it to you if you're not. Like, I did the um the Warriors during high school. It's like a, one of, I know movie. I know what it is. Like, how are they showing you an? I brought the We went to a Catholic to high school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to fight to get my school to let me like do a project on Pan's Labyrinth because we I had a, MA. an absolutely fantastic film and TV oh. teacher. He used to work for the ABC before he came to the school. Oh, he was wow. very passionate about film. What was his name? I'm not going to announce what teacher oh, no. broke okay. the law by showing me films. <laughs> um, but what's the statute of limitations on showing children? Oh, 
I just classified I films. We'll anyway. wait another year just to be safe. Just to be yeah. So yeah, no, and we did it. We covered it because there was a lot of imagery in this film. It was just an easy example of show you everything as blunt as possible as a way of doing visual storytelling rather than written storytelling. And from that regard, yeah, it's a really great movie. But when you watch it, it does just slap you in the face so many damn times with what they want you to think, but it's not in a nice, subtle way where you feel clever. You just feel like <laughs> if I didn't see this, I'm retarded in the non-PC version of retarded, the, the bad one. So No, if you say it in a Boston accent, it's fine. The, I can't. Retarded. <laughs> oh. no, that's just a way to get everyone else to oh, say good. it, oh. <laughs> to cover you up. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but even if a movie does speak down to you in a way that it kind of feels like it's prodding you, calling you a bit dumb here and there, it can still be enjoyable. And this film is. But I remember it being a lot nicer 12, See, like 11 years ago when I watched it, but it's still good now. So I'm going to go yes, but it's a less of a yes than it used to be. I would say that if you didn't know anything about film, like I know very little You're about You're a canary, film, yes. It's, it's not so much dumbing it down so you... You know, like the retarded can get it. The retarded. There we go. That Nailed it. There are people out there, a lot of people out there, like me, who don't really care about technical film shit. They just want to go see worst. a good, like, story or enjoy a film. Can I ask this? This like, is a good film. From watching it from a non film perspective, some of those, like, weird cuts that were just, like, really jarring, where you're like, the camera kind of, like, goes and then it's like this. Did that throw you at all? I've seen it all before in other movies, though. Really? So. What other movies are cut like this? Like, they're, they're a fast cut movie. Blair Witch. Oh, no, but not, like, not the fast cut. It's like, the, like no? the camera kind of moves and then it kind of just, like, it's really abrupt. It's not necessarily like the, the Michael Bay kind of cut okay, into five so million shots. That may be obvious guess, to you. Okay, yeah. yeah but, fair enough. Fair call. Like, I could not call. tell you a single point in that film where I would notice that. Okay. I'm not sure that there were any any... Is it any, too late to change my least favourite scene? It feels no. like it's too late. It's too late. It's, it's, no, it's the late. shipping up to Boston um, music video where they're in the car driving to the um, the final bit where Nicholson gets shot. Like they're in the car and Dropkick Murphys is playing oh, and it's like a random yeah, music yeah. video. I don't know why. And then suddenly... Is that the song? There. Is that the song? Because this song, this movie has like that song that he's used in like in, in Casino and Goodfellas. It's like his gangster song. His gangster That's not this song, song no. no. This is like... Uh, it would have been done within the last 10 years, 15 years, mate. Yeah. Oh, that one, the, the one with like the, the oh, the it's, Scottish. It's like actually a fun song, yeah. It's a fun song. They oh. used to play it for ads for the AFL. Like it's not And they this played movie. it like twice in this yeah, movie they too. Do. Yeah, that annoyed me. And the first time I'm like, oh, that was really not a great time to use that song. And then the, the next one came, I was like, hey, that first time wasn't so bad, wasn't it? It's <laughs> good. Um, so you were saying, Alex... I I liked when that song came. I out. like the song. <laughs> that's that's Maybe. what I'm saying. Like you guys, you have your opinions because you're learned in film right. and shit. <laughs> oh God, don't say that. But no, or say it louder. <laughs> Somewhat, but for me, like I thought it was fine. Like I, yep. I honestly couldn't care. Like if they had done it a different way, I would have watched it the other way and not have noticed. But you know? the, this is your like, role, though. This is yeah. this is great stuff because I'm like, speaking for the majority you are, of people. You're the, you're the masses at the table, and exactly. we're the jerks. No, I, I would agree. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> let's let's not throw some slurs around, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, I very much agree that drunk. it's a really great <laughs> movie for people who aren't that into film because it really yeah. like it's 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 sort of it's it's not like the usual schlock of the stuff that you're kind of getting it's a little elevated simply exactly. because it's got well that's that kind of, the talent behind even it. though the symbolism is very blatant the story itself isn't necessarily very linear so it is still interesting 
right? Yeah. And yeah. The, the unexpected ending is yeah. kind of a good turn on what we're used to within these kind of movies. It was a, van, a very anti-Hollywood ending, like yeah. comparatively to normal. Like, there was no, I mean, unless you're like me and Alex who loved Warburg in this film and you're like, oh, thank God, finally. About time he did that. Like everyone else is just like, what? I love, that they, I love the end shot. I, they I, was, I was wondering where he went. Yeah. Because like it was, or well, he got sent home a and then all this happens. I'm like, but like he still knows who there he was, was. There was there was going to be a sequel for a very long time, starring okay. Mark Wahlberg and Ugh. and the, the Michael Halloran or whatever his name is went to write it, but then Scorsese was like, no, yeah, that, and that, it kind of got call. shut down very fast. I, thank you. We Scorsese. won an Oscar for this. Don't you make a sequel, son? Don't you, Godfather <laughs> Three? Me, calm down. <laughs> but Michael Bay could have directed. Oh, oh my god, that would d- departed to no. still departed. No, no. <laughs> the so, steely departed. What, what we have, what we have now is Seb has to redo this film. Okay. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm so ready. We each, we've all got to give redo. him an element to put in there. Redo prequel or sequel? Let's go. Let's go redo. It's redo? remake. Remake. Yeah. All right. All right. Wow. Um, well, in honor of our guest. At least one major scene has to happen in a theatre while there's a show on. Are we yeah. going to say theatre like as in stage play theatre? Yes. Not okay. the movie theatre? that as in not, not a movie theatre. Okay. Not a porno theatre. <laughs> okay, so it was no a... Dildo. What do you mean it wasn't a major it scene? It was a sex show on stage. <laughs> Is that your note? It led no. to a oh, major okay. scene. <laughs> no, no. It led um, to a major scene where he's like spying on him. But then he didn't even. Oh, <laughs> pointless. <laughs> All pointless. Um, what elements, guys? Apart from in the theatre, what kind of elements? Um, set it, can you set it in Melbourne with the Italian mafia? That Racist. Yeah, okay. There is legitimately an Italian mafia in. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. about it. Have they? <laughs> Seb, um, what? What? You're the one who insists. I have Italian. family in Melbourne. That's the end yeah. of that discussion. Uh, family from Sicily. Tarantino <laughs> has is decided to direct this remake. Oh my god! Okay, this is going to be not as good as we're all thinking. Not your note, just collectively all these together. <laughs> yeah. All right, The Departed, or as Tarantino I wrote, Tarantino directing a film set in Australia. Oh, that he, sounds like a people bad. People keep I... trying to push him to do that. There is like a huge online push to get him to film a movie in Australia, but like with Australian do, characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the next. He loves Australian like exploitation cinema. Okay, so I've got okay. I actually already done the, the deported, which maybe that'll play into my main plot here. Um, <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> I love where this is going already. Uh, so, major scene in the theater set in Melbourne, and Tarantino is on board. Oh, guys, I don't think this is the gold mine we think it is, but I'll try. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, they've given you a lot to work with. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> All right, so bear with me here. I'm going to oh. go with. <laughs> no. Okay. Is the plot the same? It's going to have to be a, a trading places sort of story. It's going <laughs> to. Now you get it. Look, it's. What? Never mind. So maybe I'll dig into the Freaky Friday well. Give me a minute. Okay, so it's in Melbourne. I don't know much about Melbourne. I assume there's coffee? There's coffee. There Great. Coffee. Coffee and hipsters. And, oh. and it's cold. And a lot of theatres, so, you know. Okay. There you go. So Leo's character is going to pretty much be the same. I want him pulled out as a cop um, and turned by the 
higher ups to go undercover. That's all pretty okay with me. I can let that happen. I would like Nicholson's character to have actually turned into um, a theatre group to recruit his uh, child to grow up to be this cop because I want him to put him through rigorous um, acting training because <laughs> it kind of makes sense for when you're going to set someone up for that role. So he's actually one of his like businesses that he ends up taking ownership of is uh, a local theatre, which when we see in the, the beginning moments of the film is actually quite a a lowly, unloved theatre, and by their modern-day hit of the film is now one of the largest theatres in Melbourne. It's really weird, but a lot of his competition just went out of business or went missing. So it's really hard to compete when there's a progressively smaller number of theatres open every other day. Um, Apart from that, so it's in Melbourne. Everyone's got just the worst accents. Not because it's Melbourne, (laughs) because it's the Australian accent. It's just naturally it's a... I don't like it. I have to live with it every day. They say school instead of school. What do we say? Melbourne. Melbournians say school instead of school. Wait, what's the di- I'm, I'm failing school? to hear the difference. School. Pool instead of pool. Hey, pronounce it pool. Oh, like, like with a U. So yeah. school instead yeah, school. of school. Well, that's the, that's the thing that actually makes Nicholson snap. I'm going to say. Because <laughs> um, he's now has all these highly educated elite, I'm going to call them acting assassins, but they can be whatever they need to be. So they're, they're the uh, the Kill Bill assassins? <laughs> what, was the the name? what was the one from, what was the name of the... Um, the Divas? The Deadly Viper Assassinations. Oh, no, I was instantly, when you said Kill Bill, I went to the bloody, the, the club of, um, the one they did in Black and White, the Australian release. Oh, the four, Crazy 88? The Blue Leaf. No, the, the Blue... Uh, 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 you had the crazy House of Blue Leaves. No, the crazy The Crazy Eighty Eight. Yeah, yeah crazy yeah. eighty eight. I was already oh, gang. They're the ones that came to my mind instantly. <laughs> so I would love that like, now this feels like a fucking Kingsman plot, really. Because now he's training up in a That's a great thing. That's yeah. a very good thing. <laughs> so he's, you're turning the departed into That's fine. So he's got this elite hit squad of actors. Um <laughs> <laughs> Is Chuan Elijah for involved? <laughs> He'd have to be. Just now it also feels like I said, Kingsman, but now an elite thing of actors kind of. I feel like I'm dipping into the Zoolander bucket here now. Mm, also, a little bit of Team America. Oh God, <laughs> there are so many buckets, only so many feet. This is not going to work. All right, I had Leo in this film, right? Yeah, he's now a cop, right? Yeah, and he is sent away to in- involve himself in this acting school. Yeah. So instead of going to prison for X amount of time, they send him to NIDA. And he has to go through <laughs> and fall in love with the arts. And then he applies to work through Nicholson School and he's, he's in there. I haven't worked any Italian mafia into this at all, have I? Well, the, the Italians love theatre, probably. The, the Nicholson's an Italian mafia dog. Oh, I don't want to see that performance. Well, Lucky I'm not directing it. Okay. <laughs> I am getting to he would, he would crack down on Nick. He doesn't like people like improvising he, at all. He gets really angry at people ad-libbing. So he'd like, like he'd have like a, a guitar field was day. Broken, like that? Yes, the, the, <laughs> the irreplaceable yeah. guitar. What the was 100 this? In, on the set of uh, The Hateful Eight. The Hateful know? Eight. Um, there's a scene where she's playing a guitar and uh, her keeper, her, you've seen... Hateful no, Eight. I never got to <gasps> it. I do have it though, sitting at home waiting. But yeah. She's playing a guitar and basically the guy that's arresting her and taking her in to collect the bounty. Kurt Russell. Kurt, yeah. He, he gets the guitar and it breaks it basically. On purpose? Or? On purpose, yeah. yeah. So basically smashes it so she can't play it anymore. 
the thing is that particular prop was donated from a museum and was worth like $160,000. Irreplaceable guitar. Irreplaceable guitar that's they now. Were gonna, he was always going to break it, but they were going to swap it in the yeah. shot and then he just went for it in the take that he wasn't yeah. meant to and it caused nice. a big ruckus. <laughs> so Tarantino was upset about this? Well, I can What's imagine. 100000 to a multi-million dollar production? Well, though, yeah. right? they, I think they paid out the thing, but, you know, it's but, an but irreplaceable <laughs> guitar. Like You've destroyed was, actual art. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, because like, it belonged to someone very famous, some yeah, famous it's, musician. It's, it's more like repairing the relationship with whoever gave it to you. Oh, relationships are whatever. Burn uh, all the bridges. All the bridges. Islands are the best. Welcome to Australia. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he works his way through, but he is actually going to a bit of struggle in this plot, unlike the last one. I want him to debate about whether, like, Sure, he might be a bad guy, but I've just discovered how much I love art and I want to be a creator. <laughs> and I don't care I don't care what my superiors think. I'm going to make beautiful art now. So he goes forward and the whole plot's now going to revolve around him kind of wanting to appease his cop superiors, but also he's putting on the show of his life. So Hamlet. Hamlet? Yeah, that is the play in my movie. <laughs> sure. Tell us more about your movie. Oh, oh well, no. okay. Yeah, I, I think I think that travesty's gone now. So um, I didn't even work on my Tarantino, but yeah. the, the deported. The deported. I, I, was like, I, I thought you were going some kind of like, you know, uh, Pauline Hanson is prime minister and she's like trying to deport these people or something. Some <laughs> oh. horrendous. Oh, yeah, she wants to get rid of all the Italians. Yeah, they're, they're again. Not... Oh. Fun fact: Italians were listed under the White Australia policy as a group of people they didn't want in Australia. Yeah, well, they're they not consider- white, are they, Seb? That's what I've been saying this whole damn time. Mediterranean, though. I Look, look at his skin. Look at it. Yeah, I normally wear sleeves, so Seb, that's why. It's I'm trying like- to include you in my social demographic. <laughs> Let me include you. I don't we're be- trying to give you our white privilege. <laughs> if you had the choice. And you were not taking it. If you had a choice to be a, a member of history's greatest villain, would you just jump to that or would you jump out of that train? Oh, I'm, yeah, because I'm Mussolini just... didn't happen. Yeah. And the Italian mafia is definitely not a thing. Yes, but white <laughs> people are historically on the worst side more. So I'm just going to actively step into the middle grey area where it's like, oh, God, what's happening around me? I don't identify as any race. Is that easy? You identify <laughs> as Italian. That's uh, what you do. Sure, why You've not? said it so many times. It's true. He's race non-binary. What, what's going to be the... the I identify as queer. Irish. Race queer. <laughs> All right. So, race fluid. Fuck your... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, do you want to tell us a bit more about your film now that we don't have any time restraints on it? Oh, sure thing. Well, uh, if you when you hear the phrase Australian film and you go, ugh... We made this film for you. We really did because I have that same reaction. And so this is like a real dark comedy. We've kind of build it as, and I, and I can say this because I wasn't the first one to say it, so I'm not like just blowing smoke up my own ass and that it was described to me as Tarantino does Noises Off and Noises Off is a sort of a famous stage play about like things going wrong behind the scenes of a show. But ours all kind of takes place in real time and we've done a lot of fun, cool... Okay, I things. actually have a checklist of things that are in Australian movies that shouldn't be. Ooh. Is there a dog? No. Excellent. Uh, What's wrong with dogs? What the hell is wrong with you? Is there any life? No, I'm addressing the monster in the room. Are too often a plot point or some sort of bad boy, Bubby? Yes, Red Dog. Okay, but the Red Dog is the main character. Doesn't count. Is there any sort of livestock? 
No. Is it all set in... Like, the whole movie takes place over like... It's like 90 minutes long and it's 90 minutes of story time. Reference to menstruation. Yes, but as an insult. Oh. And it's 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 a very... <laughs> like, I mean, it's my least favourite insult because I kind of wrote it... <laughs> There's a character who's going off at another one and he, like, just tears into a... What movies are that prevalent in? You watch lots of Australian cinema and it will come up more often... Really? Yes. ...than you... I, I, I don't... I didn't pick it, but I don't, like, disagree that that's totally likely. There is, but it's an offhanded remark. Is there a sweaty old man who's just there to be a villain? No, there is an old man, <laughs> old-ish man, but he's like the, you know, in theatres how there's always like the 60-year-old queen. Yeah. Yeah, we have that. I intend to be one one day. Oh, so. right. Well, there you go. One day. Good. Anything else on your horrible checklist? One day? Anything one else on the I'm checklist? I'm not 60 years old. Aren't you saying? We, we, we don't, we don't you know are. that. You haven't given us Is there anything else on the checklist? No, that's, that's no. it. Okay. Well, no, we, 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 we undo a lot of that. <laughs> and it's it's kind of, we've played it in front of a couple of audiences now and it... It surprisingly does really well. They kind of react. I, I, I kind of always get a bit because we had some budget limitations, but the audience don't seem to really mind at all because it's just like it's very, it's very, it's a dark comedy. Like emphasis on the dark. Like people are like losing limbs and being real. I don't know if anyone watches Veep, I no, watch Veep. Oh my god, that show is so funny. I don't hold a candle. Like uh, my movie doesn't hold a candle to kind of the insults that they say, but these are like nasty, very non PC insults. Like if you watch the trailer, the very last line is a is a colourful stinger that always I always wanted it to get a bigger laugh than it ever does because I think people are very nervous to laugh because it's the first time we kind of drop a, a, a nasty... Do you want me to say it? Um, Go ahead. Like So so he, t- he turns to the actress and he says... Um, he gives her like a line reading. He says, you're saying it like this, say it like this instead because the last time I checked you weren't diagnosed with Down syndrome. And I mean, that's That's not too bad in the context like it's just i mean it's really it's it's quite a nasty thing and the audience have never Sam's like giggling a lot it's oh just yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, he doesn't want I think people like, to know I that think he's you'll like my movie um <laughs> uh it, but it's fun and it gets like it gets some solid laughs so uh yeah it's a good so i, I kind of made it it was a very angry movie because i had i was doing another movie as zane knows a lot about this story i was doing another movie that i'd spent like half a decade on and it went up like the hindenburg because of a lot of um, unsavory people that had I brought in my circle, and to 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 be sort of as uh, nondescript as I can about it, and so I had this project crash and burn, and I was very angry and very pissed off for a very long time. So you decided to kill them. So I made a movie where I put a bunch of nasty, horrible people in the one room in a constrained time frame, and then had them like metaphorically cannibalize each other. And it was very therapeutic. <laughs> it was very, very therapeutic. And this is how he sells it to you all. So, yes. so when, when is the so, premiere? So we're having our Brisbane premiere on the 21st of October um, at the Chanel Cinema in UQ. It's a very lovely cinema. And are tickets available beforehand or just... Tickets available uh, online. I'll probably have some available on the day. Yep. I haven't quite figured that out, but we've got like... If, it's an Eventbrite thing. So if you go to our... Um, Facebook page at facebook.com slash hell. It'll be the first link. I've pinned it up there. So tickets available and we'll be doing a couple like bigger promotions and stuff in the lead up. And there's a Q&A afterwards if anyone wants to ask me any questions. Um, not that I think I have, I'm worth being questioned. But, but you do have a lot to say. So. I do have a lot to say. I just don't. I don't <laughs> shut up. I don't shut uh, up. Yeah, so we'll have all that in the, in the show notes uh, when this goes up. So if you're interested, uh, go in and buy a ticket. 
Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh, well, thanks for coming, Shane. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. This has been, I, I love listening to your guys' conversation. You have really interesting conversations. I'm around a lot of people who talk about movies, and you guys actually have like an interesting variant, and you're willing to like. Is it because we don't really talk about movies? That no, often? no. It's because, <laughs> because yeah, you guys happens. are willing to like give, like, I remember uh, one of the, the ones, and you were talking about a movie, and then Zane kind of gave his case for it, and you're like, oh, you know what? I was initially going to say no, but I think I might give it a that second. That sounds like you. That's, that's never Sebastian. Like, no. <laughs> You guys have very interesting conversations. And I, I, if anything, I, your arguments always push me away from it. I'm like, oh, that's uh, it. I've, I've had a lot of fun. been longer. Yeah. I, but I've had a lot of fun. So thank you very no, much for having me on. Man, man. Yeah, we'll get you back sometime. Yes. Okay, thank you for listening, everyone. So if you want to get in contact with us, there are a number of ways to do it. You can go to our website, which is secondtakepodcast.com. Or you can email us because we have one of those things. We are secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. And always we've got Facebook, you know, Facebook slash second take. Is that right? Sure. Yeah, yeah sure. That yeah. one. Or second take podcast. You, you find it. Yeah. And Twitter at second take TNC. Or we we have an Instagram, funnily enough. Sometimes we post video. No, well, actually, we have no videos. No videos of pictures, yet. though. That are funny. There was, there was a quite a smart tweed jacket on there the other day. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, I got bored. Um, <laughs> really. Also, um, if you guys want to support the show, we also have a link to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Second Take. Um, this is a, a, a big variety of ways that you guys can give to us. It starts as little as one dollar per month, which is twelve bucks a year. And it's really pretty low and pretty simple. But we've also got sort of a group goal going at the moment there. So once we hit our first target, which is collectively uh, $50 a month, we're going to release uh, all of our reviews of the Monty Python film series. Ah, and then yes. the idea is ongoing from there for every little milestone we hit, we're going to do extra series for everyone. So sort of a... So please go on and sponsor us so that we can review the Monty Pythons because I can't watch them until then. It's true. We're not it's, allowed to watch any yeah. movies unless we're reviewing them. <laughs> And yeah, if you want to have a listen to any of the other podcasts that any of us are on, um, go to that's not kind of productions.com, which is the mothership for all of the other po- all of our other podcasts. Yeah. yeah. In one of them, I'm a wizard. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I get to torture that wizard. It's even better. <sighs> and maybe just one day there'll be solo podcasts that we do. That solo you can find podcasts? There. Yeah. Where we just talk. At ourselves. Yeah. Yep. The Good. best kind of Fun. podcast. No interruptions. Right? Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> none of, none of this over talking of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to think fans will literally pause just to be like, that's that's not true. <laughs> that's not how that works. <laughs> just because it's you in the room by yourself, Seb, doesn't mean you're incorrect. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> Good. Good. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much for listening. And go do all the things on social media. Hooray. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.